everybody, and welcome to True Story. My name is Mike Doty. My name is Dave Holmes. We are here to talk about uh, the real world. We are in the process of figuring out which of the three seasons of the vintage real world that are on Paramount Plus we are going to do for our next season. And today we are diving into the the hot plate of crazy that is San Francisco. San Francisco season three. Now season three. Yeah. Now normally, under normal circumstances, Mike and listener. Um, you know, we watch these, we take notes, um, et cetera. I'm certain that you did that uh, this time I around. I did indeed. Mike Doty. Now, what I did yesterday was watch it during my absolute day of agony, uh, which I spent on my sofa at, the day after getting my second Moderna shot. Now, wow. I have, you know, I've heard all sorts of reactions I've heard, you know, I've heard people say, you know, they slept for 24 straight hours. I've heard people say they nothing happened at all. Ben got his second Pfizer yesterday and he's fresh as a daisy. I got my yep. second Moderna on Wednesday and yesterday I tr- I have I I'm not kidding when I tell you I haven't been that sick in a decade. Wow. Yeah, I was That's crazy. laid the fuck out. Um and I, you know, I had already cleared the day just in case. I was like, you know, rain or shine, I, I'm going to take right. a day. I'm going to wear sweatpants. I'm going to see what's on television. I'm just not, I'm going to order food. Yep. I'm going to drift in and out of naps. This is going to be a day of, of just pampering. Boo, boy, did I not enjoy it. I was wow. miserable. Uh, chills, fever, aches, fatigue. Um, you name it. I had it. It was awful, but I, I think I'm at about 85% today. Um, it's not a hundred, but it is so much closer to a hundred than it is to yesterday. I, that's a solid B right there. It's a not quite a B plus, but solid B. B. Yeah. It was fucked. So, so I watched episode one of season three of the real world yesterday on my couch, miserable. I had a pen in my hand, but I was just like, I'll remember. So we'll see if I remember. (laughs) Um, So you were fading in and out of consciousness. Yeah. No, I was conscious. You would come to and see Puck's face. The dead, looming over you on a screen. The dead goat eyes of Puck. Um, oh my I'm God. still, I'm still a little bit haunted by. Um, yeah, it was. You know, I, I was um, in a physical and emotional and mental place to be annoyed by anything that I saw, but I was, I really had, I had forgotten how deeply irritating this season is. It's bad. Real. Yeah. You're a Puck hater. Um, n- no, I just, I think back in the day, I viewed him as a bad boy. Like, oh, that fuck. But yesterday I watched him <laughs> and I was just annoyed. I was just like, you are so dull. God, are you dull? I have known so wow. many of you in my lifetime. Uh, you know, people who refer to themselves in the third person, people who can't stop talking, <laughs> people who, you know, don't wash and think that that's acceptable and uh and a, and a substitute and for, a personality trait and also a personality yeah yeah i immediately was like oh no i don't i am not here for for puck Rainey wow. at all i Are have you- known so many of that that guy in my life yeah uh and i was just i i was uh nostalgic Wow. I was like reminded of all the people 
I know who's, uh, you know, violently antisocial behavior, uh, you know, in a kind of punk rock house sort of a way, in a punk house way, um, you know, made up uh, their self-image. Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was reminded also, like, I got to say, I am 50 goddamn years old. He's got to be about the same. And mm-hmm. I just think, what the fuck is that guy doing at age 50? You know, because I know some people that used to live in punk houses that yeah. are in their 50s now. And some of them, you know, have sort of aged into kind of like Epitaph Records versions of Tom Waits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them have done less well. Yeah. I is he on the current season of the challenge OGs? Wait a minute. He he's a challenge guy? He might be. I think he did a challenge or two. If he is not on that show, then he's they've at least done like a fe- like he's he's given an interview to BuzzFeed or something. Um but right. they there so there's a new challenge that uh that's only on Paramount Plus. And and it's the OGs. So literally, Mark Long from the first season of Road Rules is on it, and he's fifty for sure. Oh, um, Beth from season two of The Real World. Beth, she, she's <laughs> in it. Um, and it's them, and it's you know I, I think probably I, it's you know your your early Real World Road Rules faces are wow. on it. Um, and I thought maybe Puck was one of them, but I I don't know. Um, I mean, Puck is one of the icons of American television in the 1990s. Yeah, he was kind of the first to show up kind of knowing he was a villain and, you know, just pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I was not not feeling him at all. The season opens with, uh, well, it's naturally a cable car because, the you know, Rice Aroni is still the San Francisco treat. What are you going to do? Uh, gotta, but after we've dealt with uh, with Rice Aroni, we immediately see the wheel of a dirt bike mm-hmm. skid into the frame, and then we see Puck. They yeah. open with Puck. Twenty seconds haven't passed before we meet Puck. They know what they're in for. They sure do. Bun and Murray knew that they had struck gold. Yeah, somebody who. Uh, gets doored on his bike, and then there's a he's, there's a bench warrant, and he has to go to jail. And he's not only the bench warrant; it's a three thousand dollar bench warrant, quote for not signing up for drunk driving school. Wow! Oh, for not signing up, not not showing up, not for a drunk uh, driving warrant, but for not mm-hmm. signing up not for signing up. drunk driving school. Oh, Buck. Just useless. Just useless. I'm not a fan. I I really, wow. I I love him. And I love the fact that um so you know, obviously uh Pedro Zamora uh revered rightly as an AIDS activist mm-hmm. of the nineties, um um lauded by Bill Clinton. Um but Let's face facts. This season is the odd couple. And we got a sure. Felix and we got an Oscar. I sure do. And that is, man, uh, you know, it, so the house is apparently on Lombard Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Pedro quips, uh, I like that because I don't want anything straight in my life. 
However, yeah. other than than the his his romantic life, Pedro wants everything straight that, in his thank life. Thank you. That is a very solid observation. Yeah, yeah there's no yes. doubt about that. Yeah, he got that tucked um, in shirt. He sure does. Got that woven belt. Um, if not for uh, if not for being gay, really honestly, if not for being gay, he'd probably be as conservative as Rachel, right? Well, I mean, he's 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 a, a Cuban from Miami who are right. historically extremely uh, conservative, and he says at one point, "I give thanks every day that I live in America." Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, damn he right. Would be, like, he'd be one of know. those. He'd be one of those. No, oh, maybe. Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. We shouldn't speculate. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But then uh, from San Francisco, we go right down the the tracks to uh, to Orange County, where literally uh, down the tracks, where a young Corey uh, is is um, leaving her family for four and a half months to to God knows what awaits her. In San Francisco, California, um, before uh, before leaving, she does share a meal with her family. They uh, join hands and pray around the table. And her father says one of my favorite things I've ever heard: "Jesus, we just praise you." <laughs> like, oh, we just we keep just it simple, you. man. Oh, we just praise we you. Just, Do we ever that's praise a, that's you? A, just praise the fuck out of you, oh, man. And that's. Boy. Do you need Let anything more than that? Then. No. Oh, we just praise you. Corey is a type that we'll never see on the real world again. Literally this is from the this end season on. Of the Corys. Yes, the from Corey. this season on, there is no more person that is not super hot. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I don't mean to throw shade, but Mm-mm. not like crazy hot. Pretty um, and like just kind like of pretty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Un- unsexy. We'll say unsexy. Unsexy. Yes. There's. Yeah. There's. No. There's. Yes. Unsexy. Yeah. Um, sweet sorority gal. Sweet sorority Corey. Um. Lot, she's like copious tears when anything emotional happens. And the definition of emotional has never been broader. Um. Lot. Lot of tears. <laughs> lot of. Um. Lot of flowery, flowy kind of skirts um yep. she's yeah she, I, I i did read up uh or I, I i checked on where she is now she's apparently back in orange county she's a teacher married couple kids nothing surprising yeah, of there. course um, of course she's she's sweet she's sweet you can't dislike her but then there's also um she's not a julie who's going to take charge and um and you know sleep under a, a bridge you know, she's not she's not that no. take charge. No. Um, incidentally, I just got a, a notification that um, this has nothing to do with anything, but I figured I should share it with you. I now follow Nick Hexum from 311 on Twitch because every now and then he'll just, you know, he'll be jamming in his studio or whatever. Um, wow. And, and I just I, I first of all, I think he is so hot. It's crazy. He has he like G Love, who is who we've discussed this. These are right. two of my longest running crushes. I know, I know, but they have both aged. <laughs> they have both aged into completely different guys who I would um, absolutely have sex with. Um, so now Nick Hexum like hangs out in his studio and he and he live streams on Twitch on weekends. Apparently, he does little workouts 
and you can follow along if you want to. Oh, wow. And it's just, it is, it's wild. It's wild stuff. Nick Hexum 311 on Twitch. Anyway. Wow. So that's what I'm uh, sacrificing to this show right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so. Pedro and Corey meet Mm -hmm. at Union Station in Los Angeles, one of the greatest places in the city of Los Angeles, in my Gorgeous. opinion. I, I once took the train from New York to L.A. And, uh, yeah, it was this great experience of, dying to do uh, that. you know, the train got there at like 6 in the morning and coming out, and it's like early morning. There was a Salvation Army band because it was Christmas. Oh. And there's a lot of Amish people. Yeah. That's beautiful. A lot of Amish people take the train. Yeah, so That's there's beautiful. all these Amish people hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. So... so I have so many logistical travel questions about this episode. First and foremost, (laughs) how the fuck do they get Pedro from LAX to Union Station? There's no easy way. That is a a great question. There's no easy Um, way to do that. And he shows up looking looking fresh as a spring morning. Um, And I just don't understand how they made that happen. And then, how do they get on a train from Union Station to San Francisco? There's no one way to do that. Like, you got to get off and then get on a bus to, like, Bakersfield or something. And then from there, you get another train. Yeah, there's no one line that connects L.A. and San Francisco. Like, two hours of that trip, you're on a bus. Wait, so maybe at the time there was was a train that went... I don't think so. I don't think they went backwards on rail service. Why? Yeah, no, you can't. Oh, there's, oh, there's, there's all kinds of Amtrak that doesn't exist anymore, like yeah, Amtrak routes that they just got rid of. Yeah, but I mean, but um, the, LA sad. to San Francisco wouldn't be one of them, would it? You got it. That's um, they. I mean, it's uh, it is not the most efficiently run company in the world. Okay, Amtrak. Okay. Okay. When I took um, when I took uh the Amtrak to uh. Uh, to LA, which took like three days. It was great. It was so much fun. Um, so most of the little roomettes with the beds in them were empty, and I needed an extra pillow. So I went across the aisle to an empty cabin and just got another pillow. Mm-hmm. And then a couple hours later, I hear this voice going, Oh, man. Oh. Oh, why? Oh, why? Oh, man. Oh. And then, so I go out, and like the 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 car attendant is there. And he's like, "Did you take a pillow from from this?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, man." He's like, "Well, why didn't you ask me? Why did you just?" So it was like it was like extreme OCD. Him feeling ultra disorganized by the fact that I took a pillow oh, from a roommate. Wow. Yes. Wow. So I'm. I just extrapolate this to the general corporate culture of Amtrak. Okay. okay. And there being some loopy vibe. We're definitely going to get some hate mail from uh, from a conductor on Amtrak. Oh, I'm ready for um, it. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Don't go taking those pillows without letting people know. They like to know. I've learned my lesson. They I've learned like my lesson. Um, so Corey has, has many, many questions. Um, she, she's an eager young gal. She's, you know, embarking on an educational experience. She straight up peppers Pedro with questions about his life. Um, and he's not, I mean, and it's, it is so nuts how 1993 this entire thing is because, um, 
like a person would still have to, you know, really come out as a gay person, right? Right. There's no like fluidity or whatever. It's like you're this or you're that and you got to say. If you're not if you're not the right. the mainstream thing, you got to say. And so he's like trying to figure out when he's going to say it. Um which is insane. But and then he doesn't quite say it, but he does say that he's HIV positive, which I guess at the time also just meant gay. Right, I guess yeah. Cuz he doesn't I mean, really ever no, say I, I, it. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm just, I don't have a memory of him say, not saying, uh, "Oh, but I'm, I'm gay." Yeah, I'm HIV positive. But he yeah. talks about his his activism, and she says, "How did you get into this activism?" And yeah, it's really like, man, it took it took a long time for a simple uh, statement of purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it and then. Would. W- it would. This was a different. Would world. it really? Yeah, I think so. This is all. This well, is I mean, all. You, we're you, in a. We're in a very different world. We're in a very different world. If you'll remember, Danny in New Orleans, uh, this is. They were still, I guess, doing the thing where they like travel to the house together or whatever. He has to travel with Melissa, and he's like, "Hey, I'm Danny, and I have a secret." <laughs> that was his thing. So, and he didn't even come out until like an episode or two later, or maybe the end of that episode. I don't know. But I mean, this is still, anyway. If you flash forward to everyone being in the house and Pedro coming out to them, Mm -hmm. this, I mean, it's the best is he has a scrapbook. Big scrapbook. He doesn't want to tell them. So he has this scrapbook with articles about his experiences as an activist and traveling the country. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. and you know, I mean, I, you know, perfectly understand Difficult topic, you know, much more conversation needed in 1993 than today. But it seems very Pedro to do it via a scrapbook. Sure. Very well organized group of photos and press clippings. Yep. Uh, Yep. You know, hey, guys, look at my scrapbook. I would find it personally um, more daunting to get a group of new acquaintances to read a scrapbook than to come out. Yeah. But again, I mean, th- these are these are moments that need to be orchestrated and choreographed, and right. that's the way he chose to do it. So bless him. Uh, bless in the meantime, him. so who do who do we meet? I, I believe it's Judd. We meet next. We meet Judd. Ah, Judd, fucking Judd. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, just took a look at those mom jeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like you like the mom jeans. That's that's your thing, Dave. I, right? I do. I like a higher waisted jean. Yeah. I mean, not 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 on a Judd necessarily, but just, you know, there was <laughs> there was a time when when a, a jean fit was a different and more erotic situation than it is now. Um, and it's not jeans. You're saying it's a jean, which is something I absolutely love. It's a jean. Listen, I've it's done a high waisted jean. I've done my time. <laughs> um, yeah, he uh, he shows up. Really aggressively nice, um, in a oh, way yeah. that that uh, is like I get why people don't like liberals a little. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing where it's like, okay, right? I mean, we'd agree on everything, but I probably don't like him. 
and another another uh, case of a type that will never ever be seen on the real world mm-hmm. for the remainder of the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Uh, just nice, nondescript. Uh, uh, to use the term uh, that my uh, friends Anthony Coleman and David Krakauer invented in the early 60s, bipped out. Absolutely He's a bip. A person whose presence neither adds nor detracts. Super bipped out guy. Michael, I really, here's my theory about season three of The Real World and why I really hope we don't end up having to watch this entire season. (laughs) I would argue that aside from uh, Pedro and Puck and I guess occasionally Rachel, the entire cast is bipped out. Um, it's it's pretty bipped. Judd pretty bipped. doesn't do much for me. Pam doesn't do much for me. These all seem like lovely people. Muhammad doesn't do much for me. Uh, none of them have standout moments, really. It's kind of... Ju- I think they just put a bunch of nice people together around Puck and Pedro. Yeah, they, they want to be odd couple. It is a deeply forgettable cast all the way around. And, and in fact... I don't even remember whether they they replace Puck after they kick Puck out. Do they? They do. I believe they do, but I don't remember who the replacement Not was. Not a clue. No. Not I remember the guy from Perch who replaced right. uh, David uh, in L.A. Wait a minute. But, wait, a uh, minute. wait a minute. Was it, it is it like a like a British lady with real short hair? <laughs> that, that I'm, I ring a bell? have even less memory of a British lady with real short hair. Okay, I have a faint memory now because um, wow. there's like a British lady with real short hair, and then later she became she like started taking classes at the improv theater that I that I used to do shows at in L.A. Oh, and so she was around wow. there a bunch, um, but I never really got to know her all that well. Anyway, it's a really forgettable cast. It is a really, really, really forgettable cast. Um, I want to say something in defense of Mohammed. Um, because I don't know if you watched through the on the you know on this season of the real world dot 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 to the little kind of segment that goes under the credits, mm-hmm. but that segment under those credits is the first documented instance of the usage of the phrase bling bling. Is this true? By Mohammed, this is true. Yeah. The earliest document. I mean, look, if somebody if somebody knows an earlier one, truestillray at gmail.com, like like uh, hip us to it forthwith. But uh, yeah, Mohammed reference uh, to what? I don't know, because it seems like he's just throwing out a a, like a like a rhythmic element. He's did, did you watch it? Did you watch all the way through that? I did. I did. As a matter of fact, I shouldn't admit this, but I did also watch another episode or two or three because, again, I was on the couch and even even manipulating a remote control was more work than I was willing to take on. So I did actually watch another couple of episodes and we didn't we didn't get to that point yet. We did get to my favorite real world quote ever, which, again, I'm not going to tell you what it is, Um, but it it happens. It happens earlier than I thought in season three. Um, Anyway. uh, Oh, uh, can I also say. Season three, for whatever reason, Paramount Plus does not have a, a, a license for the original music. So yeah. it's all temp music, uh. and that makes the whole thing such so much harder in the emotional labor department. Um, That's very true. I'm annoyed. I'm trying not to be annoyed, and then I'm also trying to figure out what song they're ripping off. Right. 
And but you're very good at that. I'm okay at that. You're very. I bet well, you. When when the. F- oh no no because when we when we were doing uh, the first season and uh, initially we had it without the 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 real music, mm-hmm. um, you were just calling them left and right. Mm-hmm. Boom! Right. That's supposed to be Stone Temple Pilots. Boom! Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be mm-hmm. TLC. You were just mm-hmm. calling them. Okay. I was I was astonished. I did get a few. I did get a few of these. I feel like we got a long view by Green Day in there. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like we, and this might not have been in the first episode, maybe the second or third, but definitely a crash test dummies. Oh, was being yeah. ripped off. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, that just adds a layer of complexity that I don't need in my life. So, uh, and- um, I, may I digress? Please. So, if you, you know, if you go to these temp music services, yes, um, and you're a production company, you just type in the name of the artist you're looking for. You know, you type Stone Temple Pilots and five Stone Temple Pilots sound alike tracks will come up. Oh, wow. One of the most amazing things is if you look up soul coughing <gasps> on that. Tell me everything. It <laughs> well, it's like an upright bass going doom 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 doom. And this guy whose voice is like, oh, he's like this. And it, he does this monologue that's like, sometimes I like to go out for a real nice dinner and bring my girlfriend along. And there's candlelight and we order from the specials menu and swear to God. Yeah. That's and uh, I know this because Adult Swim made a bumper of it. Of This is what happens when you uh, look up soul coughing on, on a temp music service. And uh, and they I don't think they ever aired it, but they sent it to me, and it was it's amazing. It's absolutely oh, amazing. Boy, I don't yeah. like that. I don't like that at all. Really? Because I wanted to cover it. I was like, Please. I was like, dude. Well, listen. Yeah. yeah. If you can get, if you can, you know, yeah. If you can make it work to your advantage, great. But if they're ripping off my friend badly, I don't like that. Oh, oh my God. I yeah. You're you're so much more uh kind to my repertoire than I am. I always talk about how I'm a one-hit wonder. You always argue with me that I'm more than that. Yes. I'm over the moon about um the guy talking about how I sometimes go out to dinner and like to eat by candlelight and bring my girlfriend an order from the specials menu. But it's like but it's but it, it's not a it's not a muppet or a sports mascot. <laughs> Saying those things. That's not you. Is it though? It's not, it's not a, it an upright bass and gritty, Mike. That is not what's <laughs> Dude, 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 dude. If I ever read a thumbnail description of a band that's an upright bass and gritty, oh my God. Well, listen. Oh if, my if, God. I'm listening. To, I will drop every, I will pull the car to the side of the road <laughs> to li- look that up and listen to it. An upright oh, bass God. and gritty? Oh, dude. Well, oh. But it just don't don't rip my so, Dodie off for God's sake. That's oh, anyway. No, all right, do it, do it um, again, do it again, right. temp music people. So so Judd then meets Rachel, I suppose, at the airport. Right. Um, at the yes, the San Francisco airport. At uh, yes. Um, and she's. I I I'm proud of my ability to recognize airports from very few details. I recognize mm-hmm. the Miami airport. From the color of the carpet, wow! Which wow. I think they they've renovated it since, but it was this 
terrible green color that I've, you know, and I'm not the kind of guy that's like, oh, it's the color. I'm not, I'm, I'm not critical of colors generally as a person. This is a terrible green color. And if you took planes from Miami in, in the 1990s, you may well remember it. Huh. At any rate, yes, they meet at the airport. They meet at the airport. Sorry. No, no, no. That's okay. Um, they meet at the airport. Rachel, um, you know, I mean, listen, she's she's now a, a pundit on Fox News. Which right. I, you know, she's now married to Sean from Boston. They have 81 children. Oh, and they're very yeah. conservative. And, um, and we, you know, and we see... We see flashes of the utter spiritual emptiness of uh, the modern conservative movement in Rachel. Um, Let me jump ahead to uh, after Pedro has opened the scrapbook and revealed that he is HIV positive. Um, Yes. There is there is controversy over bathrooms, uh, I believe, or, or there's just a general controversy over. Um, the rest of the house just being like, oh, okay, you're HIV positive and we live together. And Rachel being like, well, I might get it and I'm uncomfortable. So, I mean, that if that yeah. doesn't tell you everything about what, what the conservative movement has come to be. Listen, there's an actual HIV and AIDS activist who has it, whose actual job is to go all around the country and tell you how it is like transmitted and how not to get it and how, like how people do get it and how you don't right. get it. And that's his whole job that is taken from his <laughs> whole lived experience. And there is also a fucking medical student in the house who understands how <laughs> HIV and AIDS is and is not transmitted. So those are, two, there right. are those two people, but on the other side of that and it to her, it's equal. She's like, well, I don't feel right. Well, get fucked, get right. fucked. Who cares? Like, fuck your feelings. There are two people here who study this, like literally yes. study this, and they know you can't get it from like, you know, sharing a bathroom. But she's but she's just like, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. And it's okay. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, see, fine. My, my, feel mem- wrong. You my feel memory wrong. of it is just that she was shitty. It yep. wasn't that she was a Republican. She she mentions on the van ride from the airport into San Francisco to Judd that she is a member of the ASU Young Republicans Club, which mm. ASU is a whole other thing that I, I don't think I can get into, but I mean, not at this time at any rate. That is yeah. the ASU oh, College God. Republican I'm, Club. Can you even imagine? Oh, oh dude. Um, but I thought that like most of the conservatives that I know like found out they were conservative relatively late in life something like they you know dumb like they read the fountainhead and they go oh my gosh i'm a totally selfish person but it turns out that's an ethical stance Mm -hmm. Um, which it is not in the way that they generally uh, think of themselves as being ethical but um yeah now she comes in young republican she's like destined for punditry Mm -hmm. um you know i wonder how much a uh, uh, career-based forethought she put into um, accepting the role on the series. I think she was the first to give it that thought. She was like, listen, there is no The View yet, but there will be in five years, and I want to be on it. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I was do Kennedy was, always a conservative? Kennedy was always a conservative. As a matter of fact, they Murphy Brown created a, a character called McGovern, 
that was like a kooky gal with like glasses wow. and flowery dresses who was like strangely conservative. Yeah, in the last season, there's there's a, a new Murphy Brown character wow. totally based on Kennedy. So yeah, but at the time, it was like, I guess it was less uh, gross to be uh, conservative or Republican or, or whatever. Uh, it was less like yeah, grievance-based than it is now. Yeah, I would, I would say that were it not for the fact that when she hears somebody has HIV, she backs out of the room, right. literally. Yeah, it's not good. That's it's not gross. Good. It's not good. Yeah. It's just not, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. And she also reveals that it's like, you know, I come from a very conservative, very religious family, and, and thereby uh, confirms my theory that like 80% of young conservative people um, have a belief system that boils all the way down to I have a difficult father that I'm trying to please. Yes. Oh, you know? God. I mean, yeah. there's there's not a single person who follows Candace Owens on Twitter who isn't trying to please <laughs> a distant father. That is literally the oh, only reason. It's not to say you can't man. be more conservative than me and be smart. You can. It's just that what it's boiled down to, this like Candace Owens, Dan Crenshaw fucking nonsense, is just... Yeah. Like people trying to please, to please a dad in, really a, in a pair hope. of Vineyard Vines pants. Oh, God. You know? um, I always hope, both for my musical audience and for the audience for this podcast and everything that I do, for my books, whatever, that there are some people who think differently than me yeah. out there. Yeah. Not a particular attraction to another philosophy on my part, but just that, like, there is some diversity of ideology out there. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there is, you know. No, no. I think our, our um, like, the entertainment world, which cable news is part of the entertainment world, has, has right. monetized making everything uh, the Hatfields versus the McCoys. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. E literally everything. Did you see the thing? Okay, we're recording this like on Friday, April 23rd. Did you see the thing in the Orlando Sentinel from the guy who's like, I don't like Disney World anymore. It Wokeness is ruining Disney World for me. <laughs> and he's an adult. And literally his picture, it's him in, in what I assume is a basement. And it's him and like a fucking bookcase full of Disney figurines just behind him. And he's like, my family and I go to Disney World every year. And this time, you know, I heard they're, they're changing the Jungle Cruise. And I love the little puns on the Jungle Cruise. And now they're going to be different. And I'll be thinking about politics. And I want to be oh, immersed god. in the in the world of Disney World. Oh god! And it's like and and that person you and so he's like it's all politics. And it's like no, it's not fucking politics. It's just they're just trying not to be racist. It's politics right. because you and, make it politics. And shit. it's not like really what uh, culturally one would be justified in fighting to the mattresses for. Right. Like, really, that is what you are willing to push the nuclear button on is the puns on the Jungle Cruise. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you know that that person is has also said out loud, people are too sensitive. You know what I mean? Like oh, the guy God, who's yeah. upset about dialogue changes 
on It's a Small World or whatever. <laughs> like, you're being too sensitive. Or, anyway, or sorry, upset about the, 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 the absence of what is no one's favorite Dr. Seuss book. Yes. Nobody. Yes. Nobody. No. You, would, you know, you, you fuck would, with if, the Lorax, you fuck with the culture, but no. It, no yeah. that's, that's nobody's favorite. No. I even had, I think, uh, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, and I did enjoy it. And if it were removed from the culture entirely, silently, I would never know. I would never know. It's no one fish, two fish. No. It's no green eggs and ham. No. no. Like, what no. the fuck? No. No. Like, if it were a Led Zeppelin album, it would be Presents. Okay. Okay. I don't know my, I don't know my Led Zeppelin. I really don't. Can you put it in a college rock metaphor? Um, As you are Dave Holmes, king of college rock. Oh, yeah, let me see. If it were, um, oh, God. Oh, geez. If it were a um, a, 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 uh, post Nirvana, um, uh, oh, oh, no, I can't. Now I'm on the spot and I can't. Shit. If it were a tear. If it were a TRL song, it oh. would be Hoku. It, it might be Hoku. Yeah, it might be Hoku. Yeah. It might be... Um, yeah, I don't want to say BB Mac. Don't, no, because I don't like BB Oh, BB Mac. Uh, you know who I love is Dream. Oh. R- really into Dream. Yeah. He loves me. He loves you not. Did I tell you my Dream story? The thing ab- no, tell me your Dream story. Okay. Okay. All right, so uh, New Year's Eve, 1999 into 2000. Big millennium wow. party, right? So uh, so I'm, of course, working, and there's something going on in the studio, and there's the, the platform out in Times Square. And then up at Roseland, uh, Lance Bass is having a party. And, there you go. Oh, yeah. So And somebody's performing there, but I forget who. So in the early part of the night, I'm supposed to be recording from there. And, and this party, Mike Doty, is so... Over the top tacky. <laughs> it's so crazy, Lisa Vanderpump tacky, and uh, and he literally shows up in like harem pants that have like a waistband and wow. and the and like elastics at the at the ankles and they're silk wow. and they and they're slit up the side, so it's he's serving the really? leg. Yes, and uh, <laughs> and it's like that was my first inkling that I was like, oh, I think I think there's a gay in sync person. Um, <laughs> So he's there, and so and Dream is there, so so I have to like do a, a hit from this party uh, with Dream. And, okay, so we're sitting at a table. We're, we're like in a semicircle around a big table, and all of the tables have these big centerpieces that are like big palm trees or something, and uh, and and they're on like the pot that the plant is in is on like a big round mirror, and and then there's also like snow around it, fake snow around it, right? Because it's I don't I don't know why. Um, so the, the DP director of photography guys, camera guy, um, (laughs) like takes the, the plant off because it's huge and it like, there's no way to get us all in and have the plant in. So then we're left with, um, just the mirror and the fake snow. And, and I didn't think anything of it until, and there were like little like place cards or whatever. One of the girls from dream just absently starts like with her card (laughs) pushing the fake snow into like little smaller piles. So as I'm being counted in, I see it and I'm like this, and it was going to be alive. I was like, this is going to look like I am doing a mountain of cocaine with children. 
<laughs> so I was like, ah, stop it! And I like moved the thing, and then we went live. Wow. I was so thrown. Anyway, that's my dream story. Were, was she was she actually cutting lines? She, I, no, or... I mean, I don't think there was any. No, I don't. I don't think that there was any cocaine use that she was drawing from. I think she was just absently like doing, just trying to occupy her hands. You know, I don't know. The, the singer in Dream, the one that was actually singing, was really great. Melissa, and I, think? I always uh, Holly is what I'm oh, okay. I'm defaulting to in my brain, but who knows? Um, but I always wonder what the origin story of Dream is. Is it like this girl? I mean, she was probably 17 at the time. Made these demos, and I think it was uh, Diddy. I don't know if he was, was Diddy or P Diddy, who who he was at the time, but he uh, put them together and was just like, let's just get three attractive uh, high school girls and pretend they're they're actually singing. Uh-huh. And it made me so sad for the let's say Holly of the band. Okay. Um, and I hope she's still working out there. Person well, who may you- not be named Holly, I hope you're working. Let me. T- it turns out actually, I have two dream stories. Let me tell you my other one. So I'm, oh. at a, I'm at a party for teen people, and I guess yeah, it was 99, maybe 98, 99. And uh, Diddy or Puff Daddy or whatever his name was at the time was there also. And uh, and he was very good about, all, like, you know, always saying hi and, like, knowing my name and stuff. I was always impressed by that. Right. Um, he is always grinding, as we know. Um, he uh, was like, hey, I got a new group. You want to hear him? And I was like, yeah. And he, like... Pulled like gestured to them, grabbed me. We went into a stairwell, Mike Doty, and he made them sing. He made them sing. What uh, really? He loves you not acapella, and it sounded good. So the other three people were actually singing. They were singing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. My yeah. My fantasies are trash. It turns now, out. Now maybe maybe once you add the choreography, the 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 rest of them didn't have the breath control, and so they had to. Um, no, I mean, it sounds or... to me on the record like it's only the person who may not be named Holly doing okay. all the vocals, huh. all the backing vocals. It just, yeah. No. So, could be. I don't, I don't know. know. I, uh, you know. I don't know. I've come to find from you, find out from you that uh, the late 90s were were less of a, of a pure enterprise than they mm-hmm. seemed to be. Mm-hmm. That, that there was, uh, you know, there was uh, trouble in Babeland, Toyland. There was trouble in Little China. There was uh, something there rotten were, in Denmark. Uh, dogs in the culinary. Yeah, something rotten. Yes. Yeah. Whatever it was. Whatever so that metaphor is. Fox in the hen house. Fox in the hen house. Yeah. Anyway, right in, right in with the correct simile, please. Yeah. Anyway, where the fuck? So, good lord. Well, I, I, I want to ask if because I rewound it. And I'm still not sure that he actually said it, but it seems like when Puck comes in, his, the first thing he says is, "I am the Puck." He does. He does say, "I am the Puck." Yeah, I'm the. Puck. I am the Puck. Yeah. So it does seem like he was still kind of workshopping uh, an identity. <laughs> am I the Puck? I am I? Do I talk about myself in the third person all the time, like uh, Jar Jar Binks? What's my deal? Um, yeah, I, I, I can't I can't stand him. I just can't stand him. I mean it's, if it's if it it could be meta commentary in the sense that from from then on every season you would ask, is there a puck? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so him saying, I am the puck, he could see into the future. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But you were about Maybe. to say something shitty about him, so pl- please no, do. No, please no, no, insult no, no, no. Him. no I'm, I'm tired of talking about him. I just wanted to point out how, how much we both physically and mentally recoil from talking about the actual people in this cast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're, we, we, we just don't want to talk about these people or their situations. So my feeling is let's not do this one. Well, also, the, I, the I wanted to say uh, fucking drive me crazy. Yeah, but we, we don't know if it's going to be better for London. We just don't know. It's true. Um, so a couple things about uh, Mohammed I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Uh at the end, when he does his bling bling freestyle, he does it in a terrible Jamaican accent, which so all was, rappers, for some this. reason, mm-hmm. yes, all rappers somehow felt empowered to do a terrible Jamaican accent mm-hmm. in the early 1990s. And <laughs> the best line is, Dem one Jewish man, him part of a crew. Him part of a crew. Great. The Buddha man. Yeah. And then he goes like, Dem crew. one Buddhist man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he actually does um, say them one Buddha man, the Buddha man, <laughs> like Kool Aid man. The actual Buddha is in the <laughs> um, Kool Aid man's man is part of my crew. Oh, he got that's the crew. for sure. And me, I am Chris. And the other thing, I have that crew. Yeah, that was rough. He's got um, uh, his band, his San Francisco, his his like Oakland San or San Francisco funk band, which. Mm-hmm. I I mean, how many of those bands have I seen in my life? Oh god! Being in Soul Coughing, being in like kind of the white groovy band, and I I um I would not put us in the same category as that kind of band. But we were always being told like, "Hey, you got to go see this band. They're, you're you're gonna love them. They're the be-. and literally every town had a band that sounded like that. Of course, and they course. all had a guitar player going quiet, quack, 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 quiet, quack, and then like the 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 seconds of Muhammad's band that you see are the guitar player going quiet, quack, 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 quack. Mm-hmm. No one has ever done that well other than James Brown's guitar player. Right. And for some reason, you put any guitar player in, into something funky, and they feel like that's what they have to do. Mm-hmm. And I want a professorship at the Berkeley School of Music, and I'll teach one class called Things You Can Do on a Funk Song That Aren't the Quang to Quank, Quank, Quank. Mm. It'll we just be like, that. you could play single notes. You could just play big open chords on the one. You know, there's a million things you can do. Mm. Um, and I would play them uh, Lady by, uh, or no, sorry, Yankin by Lady, which I think is the, the best use of a guitar on a hip-hop song of okay. all time. And okay. yeah, and don't listen to it if your mom's in the room. Oh, man, the soundtrack that we could put together for this season of, yeah. of True Stowray. We should do, we should do. We should put a little, a little playlist on. But I, um, I, all of those bands have the word funk in their name. And sometimes it's yes. PH. Sometimes it's PHUNK. Yes. Gar- garbage, garbage can of funk. Um, yeah. Great big trunk yeah. of funk. Uh, backyard full of funk. Um, funk, funk, Ted and Alice. Uh, every, every single one of them. And they all have like 11 members. Um, yep. Definitely a white person with dreadlocks. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it was, it was a nice moment to live through, but it perhaps did not age well. 
Well, I mean, it, it I couldn't believe how how like everybody was listening like the inventiveness of sampling on hip hop records at the time, how guitars were used, how horns were used, how basses were used, organs, pianos, all the stuff, they they were all so great and none of them were the funk riff from Central Casting, mm -hmm. which every one of those funk bands, that particular genre is the funk riff from Central Casting. Mm -hmm. You know, the bass funk riff from Central Casting, you know, the organ riff, whatever, and certainly the quangity quank, uh, quote-unquote, angular guitar riff, yeah. which I, I don't know if it's a technological lapse or what, but, you know, since 1978, I'm going to say, no one has ever done well. No, no. I, I don't even remember him having been in a band. That's how little you did I retained about Muhammad being a musician you didn't remember from from the time or from you didn't time. remember after having watched the episode i barely remember from having watched the episode but i don't remember at all from 1993 or four i guess this was four. Oh um, my god yeah i don't know so we I end no go ahead i i wouldn't blame you if you actually watched the episode and didn't notice he was in a band mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like, yeah, it, it's it, it. They are just that bipped out. This cast. They are fully bipped, fully bipped. So I, I don't. Uh, so this episode ends, I guess, with the with the the HIV controversy with uh, with uh, Rachel backing away from a scrapbook because she's afraid she's going to get AIDS from a scrapbook, and right. and then we set up the central drama of this season. Um, not not a great one, just not a great one. I have to say that I think they they set up, you know, the Oscar Felix uh, Pedro Puck situation beautifully, but I think they also wanted the Republican girl mooning over the counterculture trash man mm -hmm. Rachel to Puck relationship, and I think they may have attempted through creative editing to make it look like. She was into him, but I think they they failed in that. That was that was their other yeah. I never that was that. their their B storyline. Yeah, I never no. bought that. She says at one point early in her appearance, "I have not failed at anything in my life." Oh, that's Pam. No, it is. It's Pam. Oh, sorry. Fuck my notes, man. And it's Shit. while we're watching her not be able to operate a Polaroid camera. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. I, I, whoa, sorry, Rachel. I'm attributing uh, a really ghastly line to you. Mm -hmm. I guess my my feelings about Rachel are are just uh, inevitably uh, unbalanced. Mm -hmm. Do we have a sense for fair what and balanced? I think not. No. Oh no, no. Do we know what neighborhood they're in? Oh, oh, they're on Lombard Street. Well, they did say that. Okay, they're on Lombard Street. Are they actually on Lombard Street? If you are had they a production. Wouldn't you not choose Lombard Street? Wouldn't you are choose there, someplace where you could park production trucks? Are there non-curvy, worthy parts of Lombard Street? Like, surely there's a uh, part before or after. Maybe. Right? I don't know. Where, that you could be on? I like, yeah, no, that does seem logistically really awful. And every time they leave the house, you don't see the, the curvy, swervy part. True. True, true, um, true. So they are maybe near it or something. I don't fucking... 
and I don't care. I simply don't care. <laughs> I don't um, care. Yeah, so um, again, everybody, truestoray at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Send in your votes. We've yeah. looked at um, uh, L.A. Now we've looked at San Francisco. We're going to do London next do week. London and next look, week? Dave. Yes. I'm going to suggest we do one more. Okay, I'm listening. Even though it's not on Paramount Plus, I'm going to suggest we go through the first episode of Seattle. Okay. We do have it. We have been sent it. It does exist. It's only on our little computers, yeah. though. We um, got, yeah, we got, we got a bootleg of it with the real music. With the real music. We God, got, it's all yeah. I want. Oh, it's all I want. It's all I want. <laughs> Except that the listener can't watch along, which is problematic. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, you know I'm down. You know I'm down to rewatch that. Well, there's oh, a God. there's a couple of if uh, uh, not to uh, plump them, but uh, how does it get? How did it get made? How did this get made? Is a podcast I really love, and I never watch the movie, and they always mm-hmm. announce which movie they're going to do, and mm-hmm. I just enjoy listening to Jason Mantzoukas, uh bellow. Basically, yeah. bellow is he's, the word I'm going to choose. Yeah. Great. I was a guest on that, and my movie was Tiptoes. Did you ever see Tiptoes? Oh no, I did not. With uh, Gary wow, when, Oldman when playing was it? A, uh, a little person, um, it was around. Oh, 2000. <laughs> oh it's my God! I unreal. <laughs> it's unreal. Um, they literally have scenes where um, where they they like Kermit the Frog him. Um, they have him like cut into a, a sofa, and then like little tiny fake legs sticking out. <laughs> It's and then they're doing wild. Do they do dwarf on golf? They must do dwarf on golf. They absolutely like dwarf on they golf. Put his they dwarf on golf. Oh my god! Um, it's an early uh, big role for uh, Peter Dinklage, who plays a French little person separatist, um, with a girlfriend played Whoa. by Patricia Arquette. Um, wow! It's fucking wild. It's real wild. Highly wow. recommended. The episode and the movie. All right. Well. Okay. I'm so, not going to watch it, but I may listen to your episode. Great. Please do. Um, all right. Well, get that uh, get that passport ready and that vaccine passport ready because we are going to London next week. Boom. Very excited. Shalak lock. Yeah. Boom. Shalak lock. Boom. Oh, if it were a college yeah. rock band, uh, Mulberry Street would be Young Fresh Fellows. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And that's the note on which we end today's broadcast of true story Mm -hmm. all right everybody have a good week all glocks down see you next week